From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, the temperature dipped to below minus 27 degrees Celsius in mountainous areas in the eastern Gangwon province, marking the coldest day of this winter in South Korea. The mercury is dropping further Wednesday morning. South Korea has strongly protested Japanese Foreign Minister Yoshimasa Hayashi's territorial claim to Dokdo, and U.S. President Joe Biden has nominated a State Department official as the new special envoy for North Korean human rights, a post that was left vacant for six years. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Emily Jennings. On the last day of the four-day Lunar New Year holiday, South Korea is experiencing the coldest day of this winter. The mercury will drop further to minus 18 degrees Celsius Wednesday morning in the capital, Seoul, as many flights in and out of the southern Jeju Island have been cancelled due to the inclement weather. Kim Soyeon has more. The temperature dipped to minus 27.7 degrees Celsius in mountainous areas in the eastern Gangwon province on this Tuesday morning. The capital Seoul is under extreme cold weather with wind chill temperatures hitting below 25 degrees Celsius in the morning. Various cold wave alerts have been issued across the country, with heavy snow forecast in the nation's southwestern region and southern resort island of Jeju through Wednesday morning. According to the Korea Meteorological Administration, as much as over 70 centimeters of snowfall is expected in mountainous areas in Jeju through Wednesday. Most parts of the country are reporting windy weather, with gusty winds of over 20 meters per second forecast in mountains, coastal areas, and Jeju Island. The inclement weather has caused major flight cancellations in and out of Jeju. Korean Air has canceled 88 flights scheduled for the day that connects Jeju to Kimpo, Busan, Cheongju, and Gwangju. According to the Jeju Regional Office of Aviation and the Korea Airports Corporation, 162, or 69% of the total 234 flights that were scheduled to leave Jeju International Airport on Tuesday are suspended, affecting some 30,000 passengers. With Jeju Airport expected to be crowded, people are advised to check their flight information through their airline before heading out to the airport. Morning lows on Wednesday will be 1 to 6 degrees lower than Tuesday, ranging from minus 23 to minus 9 degrees Celsius, including minus 18 in Seoul, minus 20 in Chuncheon in Gangwon Province, and minus 12 in southern port city Busan. Kim Soyeon, KBS World Radio News. South Korea has strongly protested Japanese Foreign Minister Yoshimasa Hayashi's territorial claim to the Dokdo Islets he made during a speech in Parliament and demanded the remark be immediately withdrawn. Seoul's Foreign Ministry issued a statement on Monday saying that Japan has repeated the unjustified claim to the Dokdo Islets, which belong to Korea historically, geographically and under international law. The ministry warned that Tokyo must realise its repeated claim to Dokdo does not help build future-orientated bilateral relations and neither does it affect South Korea's sovereignty over the islets in any way. 
Addressing the Japanese Diet, which opened its regular session on Monday, Hayashi argued that Tokto is Japanese territory, considering historical facts, and his country will respond sternly based on that stance. It marks the 10th year that Tokyo's top diplomat has laid claim to Korea's easternmost islets. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has vowed to closely communicate with South Korea, reiterating his intent to improve bilateral relations. In a parliamentary policy speech on Monday, Kishida called South Korea an important neighbour with whom cooperation is necessary to address various global issues. He promised to closely communicate with Seoul to restore and advance relations based on the two countries' favourable and cooperative ties that have continued since diplomatic relations were normalised in 1965. The Prime Minister used a similar expression regarding relations with Seoul during his speech at the Japanese Diet in October as well. You're now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. U.S. President Joe Biden has nominated a State Department official as the new special envoy for North Korean human rights, a post that was left vacant for six years. The White House said Monday that Julie Turner, director of East Asia and the Pacific at the State Department's Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights and Labor, has been nominated to serve as special envoy for North Korean human rights issues. The White House said that Turner has served more than 16 years in the office of East Asia and the Pacific in positions of increasing responsibility, primarily focused on initiatives related to promoting human rights in North Korea, including a tour as special assistant in the office of the Special Envoy on North Korean human rights issues. A resolution has been submitted in the U.S. House of Representatives calling for the return of a U.S. Navy ship seized by North Korea 55 years ago. The resolution, introduced last week by Representative Greg Stubbe, states that the House maintains that North Korea's seizure of the USS Pueblo and its crew in January 1968 was in violation of international law. It adds that the House declares the vessel is the property of the U.S. government and should be returned to the United States. North Korean state media on Saturday threatened to wipe out warmongers or invaders in a, if a second USS Pueblo enters the North's territorial waters again. Iran's foreign ministry has partially acknowledged efforts made by the South Korean government following President Yoon Suk-yeol's remark about Iran being the enemy of the United Arab Emirates, but said the measures are not enough. According to the state-run Islamic Republic News Agency on Monday, ministry spokesperson Nasser Kanani said in a regular briefing that the Seoul government has shown its will to rectify the mistake, but from Tehran's perspective, the measures are not sufficient. Kanani also said that Seoul's efforts to resolve the issue of Iranian funds frozen in South Korean banks are not satisfactory and those assets, regardless of other pending issues, must be returned. Some $7 billion worth of Iranian oil funds are reportedly locked in Korea under U.S. sanctions after former U.S. President Donald Trump withdrew from the Iran nuclear deal in 2018 and restored punitive measures on the regime. This amount is known to be the largest among any of Iran's frozen assets overseas. 
New COVID-19 cases registered just above 12,000 on Tuesday. The Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency said that 12,262 infections were reported throughout Monday, including 31 from overseas. The number of critically ill hospitalized patients has risen by 18 from the previous day to 468. Monday added 10 deaths, raising the death toll to 33,245. The men's national hockey team has advanced to the quarterfinals of the 2023 International Hockey Federation World Cup. The advance came after the team, led by coach Shin Shokyo, won a penalty shootout 3-2 after playing to a draw with Argentina 5-5 in a match held in India. Korea was lagging behind 5-3 before Jang Jo Hung and Lee Nam Young scored consecutive goals to reach a dramatic tie. It is the first time in 13 years for Team Korea to make it to the round of eight since it finished sixth in the 2010 World Cup. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Centre in Seoul. I'm Emily Jennings. KBS World Radio.